Ah, yeah. Welcome and welcome back to another episode of the Format Podcast. Got a pretty good show for you here today where we are going to talk about Antoine Walker and LeBron James. Of course, LeBron James, because why not, right? No, but seriously, this this is very interesting. Um, Antoine Walker had some pretty interesting thoughts on LeBron, or maybe he didn't think about LeBron at all. And we'll get right to that. But before we do, you know what time it is. If you're here on YouTube, please go ahead, click that subscribe, that like, and that notification bell so you can be notified whenever new episodes of the, uh, of the show drop and uh, whenever we put out new content. If you want the audio only version of the podcast, you know what else to do. Go ahead, open up your audio podcast platform, hit the search bar, type in the format podcast, and we should come right up. Um, please make sure if you enjoy the content that you give us that five-star review and uh, share the pod with friends, enemies, family, whoever, sports fans you know that might want to hear a different voice and a different take on uh, some of the sports stories of the day. Um, when you do that, you know what happens. We rise in the algorithm. We find more sports fans. More sports fans find us. Now let's get right to it. All right, so Antoine Walker, if you're old enough, you might remember Antoine Walker. Um Obviously, high school All-American. He's a guy that was a star at University of Kentucky, played for Rick Pitino. I don't think he won a championship there, but really good All-American player in college. And uh, his best years in the NBA were with the Boston Celtics, ends up winning a championship with the uh, Miami Heat. Now, Antoine Walker uh, is recently, um, more recently, I'm sorry, he is a, a, a an NBA analyst who kind of talks the game, gives his perspective as someone who's been between those lines and lived it. So this was, uh, I thought this was really interesting and it kind of led right into something I've been saying consistently over and over again, right? So Antoine Walker, before I start, is a guy who has played against Michael Jordan. He is prime Michael Jordan, not old Michael Jordan, prime Michael Jordan. He's a guy who's played against Kobe Bryant, prime Kobe Bryant. He's also a guy who has played against young LeBron James. Okay, cool. So three of the greatest of all time, right? Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, however you want to order them. That's a different story. We're not talking about that today. But I bring that up because a while back, maybe last year or so, and you can go back and check the channel. I did a show um, before LeBron broke the scoring title, the all-time scoring record, and uh uh, a bunch of LeBronite fans and media members were getting all hot and bothered about his chase of the scoring title. And realistically, I suppose it was a, a huge story because what it's, you know, it's one, it's the most hallowed record in the NBA and uh, he was able to break it, blah, blah, blah. Right. And um, I did a show talking about why so many people don't see LeBron James as an all time great scorer. And it's interesting because LeBron himself acknowledges this and he said it bothers him that people don't see him as an all time great scorer. And it may sound like it doesn't make any sense, but even though he is the all-time leading scorer in NBA history and props for that, it's an incredible, incredible achievement. Um, it, it says a lot about his craft and how seriously he takes it or does it, but it, it also uh, says a lot about how seriously he takes his body and being able to uh, stay in condition and stay in shape to be able to put up big numbers over all these years, right? But on the whole, I think a lot of people don't see him as an all-time great scorer, right? So first, let me say this. Obviously, like I just mentioned, LeBron James is the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. And that's an incredible accomplishment, however it came about. But where I'm going here is that this is just another example of someone who's actually played in the league and played against Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron, putting LeBron behind the other two. And that someone is Antoine Walker, right? Okay. At what point are we going to step back from fandom? And at what point are we going to step back from propaganda 
and start taking into account the actual testimonials of people who've been between the lines with those three, or in some cases, those two, if they came a little later, those two being Kobe and LeBron, and who consistently put LeBron behind the other two in whatever category it is. At what point are we going to start taking that? Oh, are they some old head haters, right? Because that's, that's what I like to hear, right? Old head haters. But even, even the guys who played with LeBron through his prime or played against him through his prime, they don't put him ahead of Jordan and Kobe. They don't do that, right? But that's a different story. This is not about who's better among the three. This is about the fact that Antoine Walker listed in, uh, in, a, in an article on FadeawayWorld.net a few days ago, he listed his all-time top five uh, best scorers, in his opinion. And LeBron James, the all-time leading scorer in NBA history, did not make the list. That should tell you something. Again, he played against all three. Anyway, we still want to argue, not we being me, but, you know, people who are the LeBron fans and they want to push a narrative. And let's be real here. I've said it time and time again. LeBron has played in an era where it's easier and easier to score, right? You got the Europeans and the international players coming over here saying it's easier to score here than it is in Europe. Interesting, right? Anyway, um, and a big part of it, I just gave LeBron credit for being able to keep his body in a position to continue to put up huge numbers throughout a 20-year career, and he's going into his 21st season, and undoubtedly, he's going to come in ready to go. I'll never doubt that. But it is interesting that in a much less physical league, your body is not taking the pounding that it was back in the day. You're not getting put on the floor. You're not... Anyway. Um, so anyway, people still want to argue. LeBron, he did what he's done. And that record may never get broken because even going into year 21, he's still playing at an incredibly high level for a guy who is that old in the league, right? He's still putting up big numbers. But a lot of what he's done isn't just greatness. It's a product of longevity. But at the end of the day, if you're not great, it doesn't matter how long you stay around. By the end, you're not going to be doing anything worth mentioning, right? So again, we got to look at both sides of this. Okay. I know, I know, I know, I know. He isn't the first player to play this long, right? Kareem played 20 years. I think in his final season, he averaged like 14. Um, I, I want to say uh, Robert Parrish played like 22 years in his final season. He averaged like two or three points a game. So I get it. I get it. Um, but can we be honest here and admit why and how players are playing longer today? Can we? Can we do that? Okay. Could it be because their bodies aren't going through the physical pounding that the players of earlier generations did? I just talked about this. Like, let, let's be real. Let's be real. We saw Jordan getting, you know, body slammed and taken out of the air. And we saw, and, and that's not to say that that was all the game was about back then. But even um, you had guys who were moving without the ball, your Reggie Millers and your uh, Glenn Rices and all these guys. And they were getting chipped and they were getting elbowed and they were catching shoulders and knees while they were running the baseline and all that. The game was so much more physical then. Of course, it's going to be harder to play 20 years. I mean, that's just logical, right? Or is it? I guess common sense is not common. But anyway, let's think about this. LeBron James didn't pass Michael Jordan on the scoring list until his 18th season. And Jordan only played 15 years with two incomplete seasons. So now let's imagine where Michael Jordan's numbers would be if he had played his entire, what was that, uh, second season, the season that he scored 63 in the playoffs in the Boston Garden, right? I want to say he missed 60-something games that year. Imagine his scoring numbers would have been higher if he had uh, played that, right? And then, of course, um, uh, the year that 95, when he first came back from baseball, 
imagine if he plays that time. But the point I'm trying to make is Michael Jordan played 15 seasons, two incomplete seasons, and it still took LeBron three more years to pass him on the scoring list. But people are going to look at you and tell you that LeBron James is the better scorer. Like, come on, man. Come on. What are we really missing here? All right. That's no disrespect to LeBron James. It's not. It's just a simple fact that somehow, somehow, this stuff always gets overlooked when people point out that he's supposedly a better scorer than Jordan. He's got more points. He's not a better scorer. Okay. But this show isn't about arguing who's the better scorer, LeBron James, Michael Jordan. If you say LeBron James is just on drugs, plain and simple, cocaine is a hell of a drug, right? I mean, that, that's it, plain and simple. As for Kobe, I can admit that LeBron probably came into the league a little more ready to put up big numbers right away. However, there's some context, right? How do we always miss context when we're trying to put LeBron over guys, right? We always miss the context, but when when it's LeBron, boy, his fans got a whole lot of context. But anyway, um, let's check this out, right? Because we're not taking into account some things as to why LeBron scored more than Kobe and has a higher scoring average. Now, LeBron's scoring average for his career, I think is about 27 and a half and Kobe's is 25. Two and a half points, that, that's a fair amount, but Kobe, we know, is one of the greatest scorers in the history of basketball. His toolkit was incredibly deep. His skill set was crazy. But why is his scoring average so much lower when we think of him as a scorer and not necessarily the complete player that many see LeBron as? Interesting, right? Great question. Okay, let's look at this. When Kobe came into the league in 1996, defense, physical defense and real defense and bigs were primarily the way you still had success, right? Obviously, he came into the league 1996. That's Shaq's first year in LA. He's playing with Shaquille O'Neal clogging the paint, right? Okay, cool. And Shaq is one of the all-time most dominant players, but he was a dominant low block guy, okay? Kobe enters the league playing with just entering his prime Shaq. Clearly, Shaq was going to be the first option, right? Kobe's 17 years old. He's still, you know, getting his feet wet, trying to figure out the NBA game. He's not taking shots away from Shaq. So there's that. At the time, the Lakers head coach was Dell Harris. Very good coach. Not a Hall of Famer or anything, but very good coach. But he's on the record about not believing in playing rookies. So Kobe could have been like Michael Jordan. And I'm sure Dell Harris would have tried to, you know, keep him reined in because he didn't believe in playing rookies. That was the old school thing. On top of that, Kobe was a shooting guard, right? And ahead of him in the shooting guard position in Los Angeles, he had a third team all NBA and all NBA defensive shooting guard in Eddie Jones that was ahead of him. So how exactly was Kobe supposed to come in and score a lot without minutes and without shots? Now, LeBron walked into a situation where they immediately put the ball in his hands. They told him, hey, green light, you can shoot it. You can do what you want. You know, this is you. This is your team. LeBron walked into a situation where that was possible. Kobe did not. Common sense, people. Common sense. This is not difficult. So what was the point of all of that? The reason I just gave you all that context is because Antoine Walker, like I mentioned, does not have LeBron James in his top five all-time scoring list. And a lot of people can say, oh, Antoine Walker, he's just an old head hater. That's crazy. That's disrespectful. Blah, blah, blah. But is it really? Like I said, we look at this thing differently. Okay. Yes, he is the all-time leading scorer, but is he a great scorer? No, I would argue that. His toolkit is limited. So much of his scoring comes at the, at the rim. And why does so much of his scoring come at the rim? Because he played in an era that does not have elite shot blocking bigs. He just does. And they just 
don't. That's just the error that it is, right? Shoot threes or get dunks. You beat your guy. There's not a lot of help. You get your freight train coming downhill. Le LeBron James, you're the size of Carl Malone, but quicker. You know, no disrespect there. So there's not an Elijah Wan waiting for you at the rim. There's not a David Robinson waiting for you at the rim. There's not a Patrick Ewing waiting for you at the rim. There's not a Mount Matumbo waiting for you at the rim. For most of your career, there was not a Ben Wallace waiting for you at the rim. When you had to deal with Dwight Howard in the playoffs, you got beat and it ruined your only shot at playing against Kobe in the finals. Did we forget that? So you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? There's not a Mark Eaton waiting for you at the rim. So yeah, it's going to be real easy for you to get a lot of points at the cup. And yeah, you got to take advantage of the situation that's in front of you. But let's be real. LeBron James, his toolkit is not deep. Okay? The game is not as physical. He has done a tremendous job to keep himself in tremendous physical condition. I give him that. He has scored a ton of points more than anyone in the history of the game. I give him that. But is he a top five all-time great scorer? No, he's not. So here, here's Antoine Walker's top five list. Obviously, number one, Michael Jordan. We know he is the greatest scorer in the history of the game. There's just no question about it. And it's not just that he could score. It's the myriad of ways that he could score. He could score beating you and going to the rim. And he would bang on bigs. He would bang on smalls. It didn't matter. He would beat you in the mid-range. He was deadly in the mid-range, right? And when he got it going, he could even shoot the three. Okay. Kobe Bryant, who, the guy who I call MJ Light. A lot of times I like to call him MJ's illegitimate son, right? But we know that when we watch Kobe, you see just a lighter version of MJ. Kobe Bryant was a monster. Incredible footwork. We know his mid-range game was deadly. He probably had the deepest offensive toolkit maybe of any player we've seen. Incredible, incredible, difficult shot maker, Kobe Bryant. Now, here's one that was interesting to me. I, and in fairness, I didn't agree with. Antoine Walker has his number three greatest scorer of all time as Larry Bird. Now, I don't know if some of that comes from playing the forward position in Boston with the Celtics. And I'm sure having a, an opportunity to have talked to Bird and hearing all the stories and the legends and watching a lot of film on the guy and all that. But while Larry Bird was a great all-time scorer, I think he averages 24 and a half per game for his career, which is really, really good. I wouldn't put him as a top five all-time great scorer. Now, with that said, he could shoot the three. He could shoot the mid-range. He could go to the rim. He had a post game. Larry Bird didn't really have any weaknesses in the scoring package, right? But still, I don't think I would put him as a top five all-time great scorer. Um, number four, Antoine Walker has AI, Allen Iverson, the answer, who may have been pound for pound one of the best pure scorers in history at a uh, little under six foot. Now, the efficiency, you can argue the efficiency, but again, at that size, you know, constantly going through the physical pounding that he took, that guy was all heart and his game was crazy. And he changed the game pretty much for small scoring guards, right? I mean, Isaiah Thomas to an extent, but not like Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson was an absolute machine. Okay, finally, uh, Antoine Walker has his, his number five scorer all time. The guy who rewrote the record books, the Big Dipper himself, Wilt Chamberlain. What more do we have to say than 100 points a game? I'm sorry, 100 points in a single NBA game and averaging 50 for a season. Like, I, I want to say Wilt Chamberlain still holds like 40-something individual records in the NBA record book. The guy was an absolute machine, absolute machine. And um, 
obviously there were no threes back then, but he was he was such an incredible scorer. And the crazy part is with all when he retired, he was the all-time leading scorer. And he only played like 14 seasons. And he said that if he had known that anyone was going to be able to come along and get that record, he would have put it out of reach. And if Wilt said that, I'm pretty sure that's probably true. But Wilt Chamberlain was you know, one of the most incredible scorers the game has ever seen. And now there's a lot of dudes that get left off this list of the all-time elite scorers. Your, your George Gervins, your Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, your, um, uh, uh, oh, geez, I, I just had it there. But, but the point is there's a lot of guys who, Kevin Durant, who could go on this list. I, I guess you could probably put James Harden on there. I've never been a huge proponent of James Harden, but he had, I want to say, an eight or nine year stretch that he averaged like 29 and eight and a half, which is absolutely crazy. Eight and a half assists and like 29 points. And he was really filling it up. Um, the rules, again, had a lot to do with it. Mike D'Antoni's system had a lot to do with it. But so be it. Um, Carmelo Anthony, that's another all-time elite scorer. Um, so there, there's guys that, you know, can be on that list. But at the end of the day, I get why LeBron James wasn't there. And again, this is the guy who matched up against him. He played him. So we can't say he's just some old hater looking at him. He played against him. We know what it is. Um, I've talked about it before. It, it's on record. Michael Beasley, he was to continually beat LeBron James in one-on-one. -on -one. So that tells you his offensive toolkit is limited, right? It's there. So the point I'm trying to make is for everything that LeBron has done, and he has done a heck of a lot, incredible career. There's just a reason that people don't see him as an all-time great scorer. He shouldn't be offended by that. Because at the end of the day, he got the all-time scoring record. And in fairness, I don't know that I see anybody ever coming to get that. Because to play, to not necessarily play, but to produce those type of numbers at that high a level for that long is going to be nearly impossible. I don't know that anyone is going to be able to play long enough and play that well long enough to do it. Whether or not they have a, a better skill set, I think LeBron James is going to have this record probably forever. Now, maybe we thought no one was going to break Kareem's record, but I don't think anyone's going to break this record for LeBron. So credit for that. But anyway, um, what I want to know from you is, uh, do you think Antoine Walker's right in not having LeBron James as one of his uh, top five all-time leading scorers? And um, just digressing a little bit, why do you think it is that people who played against uh, Kobe, Michael, and LeBron all have LeBron at the back of the line? Go ahead, leave your comments in the comment section. Can't wait to hear from you. Um, I'll get back to you next episode, and I'm out. Peace.